Welcome back, friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you college football betting tips. I am said statistics professor, Professor Sides, and you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today, we're talking week 13 of the 2021 college football season. Cousin Jared, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Uh, last week, just barely, barely lost last week. So uh, still profitable for the season. So two more weeks of being profitable and this whole thing will be worth it for me. I can make one cent and I'd be happy. So, uh, so far, so good for me. There you go. Yeah, I uh, I had, if you follow me on Twitter, I talked about this, the, the, the bad week of all bad weeks on yeah. Saturday, or bad days. The, the week was good. And then Saturday, yeah. Uh, all the close games, you know, if it was a, if, uh, if it was a blowout, I was like 60% on them was doing great. The close game just couldn't get, so it was really frustrating. I feel like the, if you, if you follow baseball, I feel like this year's maybe like Detroit Tigers where you got towards the end of the season and it was like, well, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're still playing hard. I feel like that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do at this point. I'm like, Hey, we're going to yeah. get you a winning week here. The model's looking great. We just, as long as we can avoid that weird, every close game that, you know, goes against us. Right. Right. I'll be good this week. So uh, in case you're new here, you'll hear me reference the model throughout the show. So a reminder for everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google sheet that is provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams ratings, once you account for home foot advantage, makes up what the model thinks the spread should be between them. That's also in the sheet. And that gives us a good idea where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning, is a winning strategy. However, while it does account for recent play, it struggles to account for recent injuries i.e. last week, uh, you know, USC, I picked them here on a Sunday night and then they announced Slovis isn't playing and it's like, oh, well, yeah. that, that kind of affects how that's going to play out. Yeah. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. I will not be able to predict random quarterbacks injuries going forward. <laughs> um, note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable every week, that is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. The aforementioned Google Sheet contains all of this week's college football picks. We'll also post on Twitter the plays that we don't get a chance to discuss during this episode and ones that we add throughout the week as lines move and or we do more research. Also, college basketball season is here and those picks continue to do well, so check that out too. Links are in the episode's description. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, rate, leave a review. We truly appreciate any and all of those things. Moving on to this week, all lines are courtesy of Bet Online and accurate as of the recording of this episode on Sunday evening. Let's kick it off with some action and oh, start yeah. the week off right with a winner. We did this last week. I actually got a best bet winner on a Tuesday night, and that was a good way to start the week. So let's do it again here. Tuesday night, Western Michigan at Northern Illinois. Cousin Jared, how are we going to win before the week even barely gets going? I mentioned last week that Northern Illinois has this ridiculously good record in one score games. And guess what? They won a one-score game again last week. Uh, yep. It seems like maybe at least for this season, they found some, I don't know if they have like a lucky penny or a horseshoe. I'm not quite sure what they have. Uh, but anyway, so I say let's roll with it. Uh, official play for me here. I'm taking the three points at home with Northern Illinois. Three points at home with an action game. Like you kind of feel good about yeah. that. It kind of yeah. feels right. Um, so I, I'm taking the three points there. The only hangup I have with this, and I mean, Western Michigan beat Pitt earlier this year. Like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah. that's one of the one of the most inexplicable games of the season, look, looking back on it. But anyway, that's been long enough now. I feel good taking the three points here with Northern Illinois. I, and I agree. It's a good point. It, it's one that at the time, I don't think anyone thought 
much of. It was kind no. of like, oh, whatever, yeah. like Pitt's just a mediocre ACC team. Pitt, Western yeah, Michigan, doing their they thing. might be okay. Yeah. yeah, whatever. And then Pitt just kept winning and kept winning. And we looked back and we thought, man, that actually in hindsight was really weird. Yeah. Uh, but I'm with you. I am taking the three points with Northern Illinois as well. The model thinks they should be favored by a point and a half. So a huge difference here. I think Northern Illinois... Uh, at home, it gets the job done. I like that we're protected on the push at plus three. As of the recording here, what we've locked in officially is plus three minus 102. So basically even money. There are some three and a halfs out there depending on where you shop around. So plus three at even money is pretty equivalent to plus three and a half minus 115 if you are shopping around. If you want that plus three and a half in case they lose by a field goal, that's something to consider as well. But I think Northern Illinois is the side to be on uh, or money line as well. I think they get the job that again, as you yeah. talked about, they win those close games. So I think that's where you want to be. And then Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, I've titled this segment, Thanksgiving is for football. And I think yeah. that that kind of says it all. Uh, I'll, I'll toss it to you real quick and see anything you want to talk about with uh, Thanksgiving here. Yeah, Thanksgiving definitely is football, especially, you know, where we grew up in Texas. Uh, for me personally, my memory is more of Thanksgiving, more about uh, pro football, because, you know, you got got the Lions kicking off at the 11 a.m. start central time, and then you've got the Cowboys game following that. So uh, football has always been a big, big part of uh, Thanksgiving for me. Uh, and as I, I've gotten older and, you know, gotten married and everything, uh, sometimes I've been told that I can't have the football on the TV the whole time while we're, we're eating Thanksgiving dinner. So I've had to adjust, uh, but don't worry. I, I've managed to cope and uh, still get to take in plenty of football on Thanksgiving Day. There you go. That's what we want to hear. Interestingly enough, we have a Thursday afternoon, a Thanksgiving afternoon game on FS1. Fresno State is at San Jose State. I guess because Fox has the Lions this year, they decided to see if they could get your eyeballs uh, on some different mm. football. So the, for the first time I can remember ever an afternoon Thanksgiving game, um, and a, a, Mount, a, a Mountain West game at that Mountain West game, yeah. And it, for San Jose State, it would be a local twelve thirty kickoff time on Thanksgiving Day. So that's that's interesting. But Fresno State is yeah. a seven point favorite here on the road. What do you have for us here? I, I've I've thought more about this after I mentioned it last week, and you know what? I think I am done with the top half of the Mountain West. If you're one of those top three teams, I've just given up on trying to figure out what games are going to blow people out, what games you're going to play close, and which ones are completely going to flip-flop. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from this game. I, I think, to me, Fresno State seems like definitely the side to be on here. I don't know why. It's only a touchdown. Uh, but uh, I've just decided, making it official two weeks left in the season, I'm done with those top Mountain West teams. It's, it's They're really frustrating. Uh, <laughs> my, my model says Fresno State minus 10 and a half. So it's a best bet for me at Fresno State minus seven. You do make an interesting point there. I will say going back to last week, I had all the bad luck in the world on Saturday, but Friday night was the was Nevada and San, San Diego State, who I had both of those. And, and I think both of those were the wrong side. Nevada looked awful, got, yeah. got it to overtime, had a chance to win, would have been a lucky win to, to head us into Saturday. Yeah, couldn't couldn't pull it off it, it was said, it was they never felt like they had a chance they, no, they, they, they never it to overtime but it never felt like they had a chance to cover on that uh, land the two points right right and then San Diego State um gets a you know, crazy into the first half to take a I guess it was a four-point lead maybe into the half or seven-point lead or something like that 
and then doesn't play well in the second half and UNLV covers there. So yeah, the Mountain West, top half of the Mountain West is quite confusing, but look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the well here one more time and I'm going to hope it yeah. actually has some water for me this time. So best bet, yeah. Fresno State minus seven. I think San Jose has been a team to fade there. It's one of those, yeah. they're one of those teams that has been really profitable if you just fade them. And I don't see why that should change here. I don't think the number has caught up. I think the numbers move too slowly here. And so I yep. think that Fresno State wins this one easily. So lay the seven here. Uh, on Thanksgiving afternoon with him. And then at night, Mississippi at Mississippi State. And the only thing I can think of every time we get to this game is the game several years back with the celebration penalty with a player yeah, yeah. Peeing, on the, peeing on the ball, peeing in the end zone, whatever, or faking, yeah. obviously. Uh, yeah. that, that's all I can think of with this game. The, the, there's, there's, it's a long-standing rivalry, and there's a trophy involved and everything. But, I mean, that's the only thing I think of when it comes to this game. Yeah. So th- – I feel like I was hoping I was going to get points with this Mississippi state in this spot, but looking at it, it, it kind of feels like this line is right. And, and what I mean by saying that is I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I took the five and a half points with Mississippi state against Arkansas and, and won that, uh, won that bet. Uh, Mississippi state lost the game, but they covered. And I was thinking to myself, I've underestimated Mississippi State all season. It's going to be great, you know, a home game here uh, uh, against a rival, maybe get a point or two. I'm going to be feeling really good about that. And then the lines exactly flipped of what I thought it would be, you know, uh, Mississippi or excuse me, Mississippi State favored by one. Um, so if I were getting points from Mississippi State, I think I would be on them. But I just don't think I can bring myself to, to lay the point with Mississippi State because I think that's the side to be on um, at home on Thanksgiving Day. But I just can't bring myself to do it. Okay. Okay. It's a pass for me. Uh, as you said, Mississippi state is a one point favorite. My model makes Mississippi a half point favorite, but I mean, that's crossing zero means basically nothing. So my model mm-hmm. takes this pretty spot on. I want to see where this number goes. I, I'm really curious yeah. to see. I could, I could see an argument for either way. I could see people thinking like you thinking, Hey, home team, yeah. let's back Mississippi state. I could see that eking out to two, two and a half. I can see people saying Mississippi's the better team. Uh, around zero doesn't matter and money coming out on that side. I can see going either way. So I'm really curious to see yeah. where this number goes. Yeah. Um, but just a friendly reminder here, you know, don't let, don't let a bad bet, you know, ruin your Thanksgiving. So hopefully <laughs> your bets go well between this and the yeah. NFL, but you know, enjoy, enjoy Thanksgiving and, and don't let a, a football game ruin it. Um, and moving on after Thanksgiving, we'll wake up to Friday fun day, uh, <laughs> which to me is the best Friday of the year. And I know a lot of people will say that because of the Black Friday deals and all the shopping and everything. But to me, it is the one Friday that we are guaranteed football all day long, yeah. which is fantastic. Sometimes you get some bull Fridays, right? But you don't know every year, right? So for me, I love this Friday. Uh, what, what is what, what is your take on the football Friday here? Yeah, this is definitely the best Friday of the year. Yeah, NFL, get out of here. You've got Thanksgiving Day. So this day, I had vivid memories of going to my grandparents' house and for a long time during my my formative years the um texas and texas a&m game was played on fridays and so i vividly remember we would go over to my grandparents house we would celebrate thanksgiving the day after thanksgiving and i would be over there on this terrible terrible tv um watching texas and texas a&m every year and those are some of the the best memories that i have on thanksgiving so yeah this this friday for me definitely the best friday of the year Yep. And we're going to kick it off with a wonky one. Boise State at San Diego State. Boise State is a two and a half point favorite. This game ah. kicks off at 9 a.m. local time, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, who, who scheduled this game? Like, who thinks this is a good idea? I mean, I have, I have no idea. After eating Thanksgiving dinner, you're still comatose at 9 a.m. the next day. Right. I mean, there's right. no way you can get up and play a football game. Right. No. What fan wants to show up to that game? 
I, I mean, okay, I, I'm, I, I love football. There's no way I would be at this game. Right, no way. Right. Yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Boise is a uh, short two and a half point favorite here. Uh, do you have any insight for it? I guess your insight is you're done with the top half of the Mountain West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the only thing I would say is I feel, you know, San Diego State games, pretty low scoring. So I think I would lean toward taking the points in this situation. But yeah, I'm done with them. So uh, no play for me. So I am laying the two and a half with Boise State. It's minus 120 right now. The model makes it Boise State minus four and a half. But the biggest Mm. reason why I am laying the points is to me, this line stinks. It reeks Mm. of San Diego State is a is a 10 win team, I believe. Is that correct? I feel like I'm second guessing myself now. It feels like they're a 10 win team. I think they're a 10 win team, but Boise State is a seven win team. San Diego State's at home. This feels like a, the line would be different. And so I was just surprised yeah. at where it was. And so to me, just seeing it, I'm just like, you know what? I think Boise State's the right side because it's one of those, everybody is just going to, you know, not do any research into this and just be like, San Diego State's the better team. They're at home. I, I want yeah. San Diego State, but yeah, I think- well, just exactly what else you want to take the points because their games are low scoring. You know, that's the side you want to be on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm going the other direction on this. And I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm laying the points with Boise at minus two and a half, uh, even though it is minus 120. Texas is playing on Friday. You mentioned them. They are at home uh, to Kansas State. They are a one and a half point favorite. And uh, cousin Jared, we, we talk a little bit about what the model says. And, and usually there's kind yeah. of one every week uh, that, that you're a little confused about. So I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you air, air your grievances here. What is wrong with the model? The model needs to like grow a set of eyes or something and watch Texas. And clearly Texas should not be, <laughs> I was about to say, Texas should be favored against Kansas, but clearly Texas shouldn't even be favored against Kansas. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's no way you can convince me that Texas should be favored against any big 12 team. Okay. If they played that Kansas game over again, sure. They should be favored against Kansas, yeah. but they, I would have a very hard time of you convincing me they should be favored against any other uh, big 12 team right now. So I need you to do, to defend your model. What is the model seeing here that clearly I am not? So the model says Texas minus two and a half. Um, it's a side I'm playing. I'm playing Texas minus one and a half. So official pick for me mm. uh, before we, we dive into this. So we're going to spend way too much time talking about Texas <laughs> in this segment. <laughs> Hopefully this is good content. A couple of things to talk about. First off, I'm giving Texas two and a half points for home field. So what this tells you is that the model sees Kansas State and Texas as equivalent. Mm. Kansas State has played with their uh, main starting quarterback for about half the season. And so what the model is doing is it's assessing how Kansas State has looked with him in and with him out and kind of averaging it together. Mm. I think if he had played all year and or if I think if he was playing in this game, I would say that the model is missing because Kansas State is a better team with him in at full health. Uh, Baylor game aside, because again, that. Baylor's right. defense is just a tough matchup for a lot of teams, especially yep. a team, especially a team like Kansas State, because Baylor's defense is going to get beat on the deep balls and on, you know, throwing it 20 yards on the field. That's not what Kansas State wants to do. Yeah. But uh, he's hurt again. Uh, he was in a walking boot, uh, walking around the, the facility is what I read online. And so I don't think he plays this week. I think we've seen the last of Skylar Thompson, mm-hmm. at least, this year, I don't know. I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to play for 20 years. I feel like all the Kansas State quarterbacks are like that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I think without him in the game, I think the model's kind of onto something here. I think Texas decided to be on just because I just don't think they have anything backup wise. Yeah. But to, to the other point about Kansas State and Texas being roughly equivalent, if you look at their point differential in conference games, it is about the same. So, yes, you have Texas with all these losses, right? Texas, this is a situation where if Texas loses this game and Kansas wins, I don't think Kansas will win. But if that were to happen, Texas would be dead last in the Big 12. Wow. Which is wow, mind-blowing, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But that's a lot of close losses for Texas. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're going to figure it out and they're going to win. It just means they're – roughly equivalent in talent with a lot of the teams in this conference. I think Kansas State is also roughly equivalent in talent with a lot of teams in this conference. Kansas State has done a better job at beating the bad teams and losing to the good teams. And if they had Skylar Thompson, I'd say that's exactly what they're going to do here. They'd go on the road and get the win. Without the quarterback, though, I think yeah. this is a different situation. So, yeah. Um, and I, 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 I think Texas is side. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't realize that he was out. Uh, I, I don't – hadn't been made – as big a deal about it this year, but definitely last year, Kansas State was a completely different team when he was uh, playing versus versus when he wasn't. So yeah. th- I think that probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And and I, again, I don't know if he's out specifically. This is early in the week. This is just yeah. the speculation. What some, you know, this is what's the line from Ferris Bueller's, right? Someone's sister's boyfriend's cousin's best friend, <laughs> right? Saw, saw him at 31 Flavors right. with Milwaukee Boot on her. Who knows, right? Who knows how accurate that right. is? But uh, I, I, if he's out, I think that, Texas has had to be on. If not, I'm a little bit more nervous about this. But again, these teams are roughly equivalent, I think. So yeah. um, it's just the Kansas State has at least um, gotten a few more wins. Texas gets just right. a billion close losses, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, lots of maybe some bad luck there. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another tough luck team, Nebraska, who might be the best three-win team of all time, is a three-and-a-half-point yeah. home favorite to Iowa, who Iowa still has a chance to win their division. You heard that right, folks. Nebraska, a three-win team, one win in conference, is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite to a nine-win team who can still win the division in Iowa. Oof. Yeah. So official play for me here, I'm taking the three and a half points with Iowa. I feel like you can go back to every time that I have, you know, faded Nebraska all season. And I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. There is going to be some late game backbreaking turnover that Nebraska has that's going to cost them the game. And of all the teams where you can say with almost 100% certainty that's going to happen, it's going to be Iowa. Like, that's a great point. I, that's a great point. It's literally does. what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly all they, all they do. Um, so official play for me here. I'm, t- uh, I'm taking the three and a half points with Iowa, uh, but I do have an interesting statistic for you about Nebraska. So earlier this season, uh, and this was maybe the one time I backed them all season and, and got the win here, they beat Northwestern 56 to seven. Okay. So they had a 49 point differential in that game. If Nebraska loses this game and it's a one score game, they are going to have, if not a positive, a very close to positive point differential in conference, and they will be one and eight. It is the most absurd. It seems impossible. Yes, they will. If they lose like a three-point game to Iowa, they will have a positive scoring differential in conference play and, and will eight. be one and eight. 
yeah wow. it's it's yeah it's just the craziest thing ever anyway i'm taking the three and a half points wow. Iowa. it seems too easy to me yeah and we talk about texas had some bad luck but nothing quite like nebraska no. has no. had no uh, i am also taking the three and a half with iowa and i'm making this <laughs> one of my best bets i, I am as high, yeah i'm <laughs> as high on nebraska as you can be i have them ranked 31st in my model and they are three and eight I, they're one in they're one in seven in conference I, you cannot you cannot be higher than that on Nebraska yeah. than I am. And I say this should be a pick em. I, I I saw my model. So uh, I, I, I run the model and I run what the spreads are before what the spread, I think the spread should be before I even look at what the actual spread is. I saw this at Iowa pick them and Nebraska. And I said, Oh crap, I'm going to have to back Nebraska in this game because <laughs> I just knew the spread would be Iowa minus I, Iowa minus three seemed like the spread to me. One right, of those were like, right. I was the better team by a decent amount they will probably go on the road they will probably win but you can't lay more than a field goal because they could easily win right. by this could easily be like 17 16 or something right right i just knew this would be iowa minus three and then when i saw nebraska minus three and a half i i don't i don't understand it at all right i'm not going to question it though i'm taking a three and a half <laughs> with iowa best bet i yeah. think money line makes a lot of sense as well Nebraska finds ways to lose these games. And at some point there's regression to the mean, but at some point there is it just Iowa's a better team. And yep. better teams yep. win football games. So I don't, and, I don't, we don't have to make it overcomplicated, right? Yeah. And Iowa's strength is Nebraska's like absolute weakness. You know, yes. you know that Iowa's yes. Iowa could force it could be like that Maryland game. Like Iowa yeah. could have like six turnovers in the first half yeah. or something like yeah. that. And, so, and yeah. nobody and nobody would be surprised. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. Absolutely. Uh, continuing on the Friday games, we've got a couple more here to talk about. UTEP at UAB. Both of these are seven win teams. This could be an interesting matchup here. UAB is a 13 and a half point home favorite. What do you have for us here? So UTEP, been good to us this season. They're, they're a much better team than, than most people realize. Um, the problem is they struggled with Rice in the first half uh, last week. They ended up winning. They actually ended up covering the game, but they were losing in the first half to Rice. UAB, on the other hand, pro- they probably should have beaten UTSA. They uh, they yeah, we- Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you here. Look, you got a fourth and a foot to win the game and more or less win the division. Yeah. You go for it. It's a fourth and a foot, and the game would have been over. You don't punt fourth yeah. and a foot. Fourth and, fourth and two, punt. Yeah. Fourth and a foot, you go for it. Horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible decision. Yes, it, it, was, it was an awful decision there. Uh, but anyway, point of the story is UAB should have beat UTSA. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried this game might get ugly for our uh, friends, the miners out in El Paso. Um, yeah. So no official play for me here. But if I had to pick a side, I'd definitely be on UAB. Yeah, I am on UAB. It's an official pick for me at minus 13 and a half. The model thinks minus 16. Interesting note, both of these teams have covered a lot this year. They've both been kind of covering machines. So if you've been backing them uh, all season, you've made a lot of money and you're probably a little conflicted right now. But as we talked about here, I think UAB is the right side. They're at home. They are the better team. UTEP, their wins are a little deceptive. They've played an easier schedule than UAB has. And so their records are the same, but they are not the same team so don't look at the records and just say oh yeah UTEP's been a profitable team and think that's too many points I think that UAB is much better team and if they have any frustrations after last week this could get really ugly because UTEP kind of UTEP kind of flirts between decent frisky and UTEP also kind of flirts with they still were really bad last year and they don't have a lot of depth and if a couple things go wrong it can kind of snowball them I'm reminded of that UTSA game where UTSA came out in that first half and just clocked them. 
And yeah. I feel like this is probably a similar situation where if they don't watch out, they're going to get clocked and it's going to be, you know, 24 zip at the half or something like that. Yeah, you, you, you may know the outcome of this one by the end of the first quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You might. Um, speaking of games that you knew the outcome last week by the end of the first quarter, by the end of the first five <laughs> minutes, it seems like Cincinnati who just destroyed yeah. SMU kudos to Cincinnati for finally showing up after taking an entire month off uh, is a 14 yeah. point favorite at the moment that is even money. So it's 14, even maybe equivalent to kind of a 13 and a half, depending on what number you might get at East Carolina. What is your pick for us on this one? Official play for me here. I'm laying the 14 points with with Cincinnati. Uh, I think Cincinnati finally kind of got that we need to get style points. I think they finally got that that weight off of their shoulders last week against SMU. And I, I'm projecting here, and I, you know, Lord knows I should not try to project project what the playoff committee is going to do, but I think the committee might put them at four. This week, I I think so, because they could they could jump Michigan over them and put Michigan at four. But I think, you know, what's the point in doing that? Right. Because after the Ohio State game, you're you're going to know. So the committee should really, in my mind, they would catch a lot of heat if they jumped Michigan over Cincinnati. They should just leave Cincinnati at four and let it play out and avoid taking that heat. Anyway, I think they got that weight off their shoulders that they need style points. They might actually be in the top four. And I think that's just going to be a big relief to them. And when they're not trying to run up the score and feel like they have to get a bunch of style points, I think they're going to be able to do it. Because I think kind of that pressure is kind of what's been holding them back. So I'm going to lay the 14 points here with with Cincinnati. I think they're going to blow out uh, ECU. I am laying the 14 as well. Official pick for me. The model thinks this should be Cincinnati minus 16. ECU isn't very good. I cannot make this a best bet simply because I am scarred from all of the previous weeks (laughs) where I lost on Cincinnati in games that they, and I I, I faded them in one of the games that they didn't show up in. So I was on the right side of one of them, but I backed them in two of the the games that they didn't show up in and and they blew it in two very different ways. And so I'm, I'm scared enough by that, that I can't make this a best bet, but I think Cincinnati is the right side. I think this spread should be Again, the model says 16. I think 17 would be the number that seems about right in my head. If it was 17, it's a little bit um, more, I'd be more likely to just, say it's a pass right. but at minus 14 especially even money is nice and again if you're getting a 13 and a half that's kind of a similar play i think that's a good pick i do want to come back to the playoff talk though real quick i don't want to derail us too much but is this the most useless and meaningless um playoff ranking that we have had in the history of this ever yes yeah. Yeah, it, it, it seems completely meaningless to me. And people are arguing, I guess, to try to uh, on TV because I guess they're trying to drum up content. But well, of course, yeah. about about Ohio State and Bama two three. And if they, if they do this, it means this. And if they, do, I mean, I don't think that means anything. No, nope. because the committee will do whatever it takes to you know they'll, whatever they get, want it to be. Whatever they, they'll, exactly, game. exactly. Yeah, to set they'll, up the playoff, they'll use whatever rationale saw, they need. We saw this in year one, right, with the whole TCU Baylor thing. With like they made they did something with I don't know they moved TCU up in the like the last week before, and it was like oh it was supposed to mean something, and then like because of Baylor's convincing when it's like oh well maybe Baylor will pass them, and then it was like then Ohio State passed both of them, and it was like like you said they're going to get to the end and they're going to do what they want anyway. But I don't even think you can read 
tea leagues because of the matchups coming up. Because, yeah. like you said, Michigan, Cincinnati, four or five. Who gives a crap? Because yeah. if Michigan wins, they're going to be ahead of Cincinnati, deservedly yeah. so. Ohio State will fall behind them. If Ohio State wins, Michigan will be below them. It doesn't really matter, yeah. right? Cincinnati has to stay above Notre Dame. A, yep. they they beat them. Yeah. Now, B, to be fair, that should only matter 10, 20, 25%, whatever. They are still the better team. They haven't lost yet. You look at just about any advanced metric, they're the better team, right? So Cincinnati will be ahead of should be ahead of Notre Dame. Whether yep. Michigan's four or five, it doesn't really matter. Whether Georgia's, I mean, whether Ohio State's two or three, doesn't really matter. I, 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 whether Ohio, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is ahead, it doesn't really matter. Throw Baylor yeah. in there, it doesn't really matter because they're all going to have to play each other in a couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like, this one doesn't even mean anything. Yeah, you know, you're correct. This one doesn't. And, and we don't have to expand on my next comment here. We can save it for the next couple of weeks. But the team that I'm kind of keeping an eye on is Oklahoma State. What if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then wins the Big 12 championship game? How are they going to be judged as a one-loss conference champion against Cincinnati? I, I think I that may be the team that Cincinnati might have to look out for. I agree. I agree. That's going to be something to, want, to keep an eye on. But as yeah. you mentioned, the, this week's ratings aren't going to tell us anything because if that were yep. to be the case – Yep. Um, two of their three most impressive victories are still ahead of them because one would be Oklahoma yep. and then the other would be a rematch against Baylor. Uh, yep. who they, they beat by 10 the first time they've beaten them again now on a neutral site. That'd be, yep. those would be their two most impressive wins, I guess. So yep. um, this ranking doesn't really mean much, but absolutely it's a, good, a great point. Moving away from that, I know we, we spent probably more time there than we should have. TCU at Iowa State is Friday. Um, Iowa State is a 14 point home favorite. In this one, in a game where Iowa State had, had Iowa State not beat Oklahoma State earlier in the year, this would be two five and six teams. Winner gets to go to a bowl. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to think that was especially how everybody's feeling about Iowa State at the beginning of the season. Top ten um, team to start the season. Yeah, so uh, TCU has been good to me the past couple of weeks. Hit the under uh, against Baylor. Uh, that crazy turnover there right at the the end of the game saved my under there. Uh, hit the under last week with Kansas. You know what? I think my luck's run out. Uh, with the TCU's unders. I'm not testing it for a third week in a row, uh, so no play here for me. Um, but I, I feel like, man, TCU, like kind of what do – I know their five and six are playing for a bowl, but with everything that's gone on there this year, you think it would have to be hard for them to get really excited about this game. Yeah, I'm making this a best bet, Iowa State minus 14. The model thinks it should be 15, so not a huge edge on the model. This is just I watch a lot of Big 12. Iowa State is a really good team. They lost to Baylor in a game that they played better than the final score indicated. They lost last week in Norman, which is nothing to be ashamed of in a game that they right. hung in fairly well. They have five losses. They lost to Iowa, who's a pretty good team. They have five losses, but I think Iowa State is just in a different class as TCU. TCU barely beat Kansas last week. TCU got thumped by Oklahoma State. I mean, they yeah. just, they've had some bad beats. And so when you yeah. just compare, we talked about earlier, right? How do you feel confident backing Texas? Well, I, again, wins and losses, it's not to say that they don't matter, but you're taking hundreds of plays of information and you're boiling it down to a binary one thing. Did they win or did they lose? Right. All those plays, when you look at it, kind of matter. And to me, when you take and you, when you dive deeper into it, I would say it's just a much better team than TCU is. TCU is either going to hang in there, and this is this is like you said, you'll know early. I think yeah. TCU is going to hang in there, and this is going to be a game, and the fourteen is going to be gone, or it's going to be 
you know, a 24-7, 24-3 at the half, and Iowa State's just running away with it. And given what I've seen out of TCU, I just think it's much, it's not impossible. It's just much more likely that it's a blowout yeah. than not. And so I'm just going to um, trust that and make Iowa State minus 14 a best bet and think mm. that I just think they're going to blow them out. Yeah. And then our last Friday game here that we are going to discuss North Carolina at North Carolina State. North Carolina State is a seven point favorite. And at the time of this recording, that is even money. What do you have for us here? So North Carolina and NC State, I feel like these are two pretty uh, different teams, at, at least like I feel like North Carolina is either really good or really bad. I don't feel, really feel mm-hmm. like there's much in between or I feel like uh, sometimes Carolina within State, the same game, they're, they're yeah, both really good and really bad. Exactly. And then North Carolina State, I feel like it's just pretty steady, nothing flashy, nothing sexy, but just kind of getting the job done. I was a little bit surprised at, at this line. Honestly, I, you know, I guess I thought NC State would definitely be favored being at home, but a whole touchdown like I would. I would never be one to endorse, you know, passing up, taking a key number like seven. But if this were to come down or I guess minus seven, even money, and maybe it's, it's going to go up. But if it were to come down, I would almost say if you wanted to sprinkle some money on North Carolina, the money line here, that's probably fine. Like with the way they play, the points may not matter. They may get blown out. They may blow out North Carolina State. Who knows? Uh, no play for me here. But if, if this line gets crazy and goes below a touchdown, you know, heck throw a dollar or throw a few dollars on the North Carolina money line just see what happens yeah it's an interesting point I'm going to say something here that I really hope I don't regret next week uh, again <laughs> we, we joked about having a regret section right yeah. um, hopefully I don't regret this but I think you're right this feels like kind of a blowout either way and so I think if you like NC State I think you lay the points and don't worry about it and I think if you if you think North Carolina has a chance, I think you take the money line and say that there's a lot more, there's more value there in yeah. the plus odds that you're going to get rather than getting points in a game that if they, if they lose, I just, again, I hope I'm not going to regret this, but I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to say NC State isn't going to win by three points or six points. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, the model makes NC State a nine point favorite. And so it's a best bet for me on NC State at minus seven, because I think that NC State's going to blow them out. I think North Carolina has some massive holes in their defense. And I think NC State is the exact type of team to exploit that mm-hmm. every single drive and consistently do yeah. that. And all it's going to take is North Carolina having one quarter where they don't, where they struggle to move the ball, which has happened. Um, and you know, NC State's got a solid defense. So one quarter, one scoreless quarter for North Carolina, and all of a sudden they're going to be behind the eight ball in this game, in my opinion. So best bet, North Carolina State minus seven at even money for me. Moving on to Saturday games you care about. These are the games you don't want to miss. We're having to expand this a little bit because you kind of can make an argument. There's only two games in this section. Uh, and we're going to we're going to sandwich those games or book in those games. We're going to start off with with one and finish with the other and squeeze some of the other ones in that that I think are interesting and that you should care about them for different reasons. So uh, with without further ado, we'll start off with, of course, the game everyone is talking about. I don't know if yeah. you've heard, but Ohio State is playing at Michigan <laughs> this week. In case you were unfamiliar, seems to be a few things on the line. Ohio State is a massive seven and a half point road favorite here. What pick do you have for us here? Isn't it isn't it good to have this game mean something? Uh, yes. Again, I mean, I, yes, I, it's much more fun when it means something. Yeah, and, and I know I'm sure it means something more recently, kind of than what my my brain believes. But at least the past few years, it definitely hasn't really meant anything. You know, you talk about Thanksgiving memories. This is definitely one memory Absolutely. I have too. That first Saturday after Thanksgiving at 11 o'clock, you're going to be tuned in usually to ABC to to watch this right. game. So, um, times have changed. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of going 
going back to the well here, it bit me the first time. When Michigan and Michigan State played, I took the under, and that was over by, like, the middle of the third quarter. Um, but I'm going to try my luck again. Official play for me here. It's going to be under 63 and a half in this game. Uh, it could get scary, of course, with Ohio State's offense. But my thinking here is that, well, number one, your model's been higher on Michigan than almost anybody else this year. I think Michigan's better than, than uh, what most people think they are, even though, ironically, it's like you and the committee of Michigan and like, you know, everybody else. Is it's not, it's not company I want to be in. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, definitely two people you would have put together. But anyway, I think Michigan, obviously, like you have a right to be fearful of Ohio State's offense. And I think more so than with Michigan State, Michigan's going to say, we really need to control the clock, possess the ball, keep Ohio State's offense off the field. I don't necessarily feel like they felt that way with Michigan State. I don't think they were going out with possessions being like, hey, we need to eat some clock here and, and let our defense get some rest. I think they had enough faith in their defense that they could stop Michigan State. You know, I'm sure they'll say that, that they have faith they can stop Ohio State. But in the back of their minds, they're probably like, hey, our offense needs to eat up some clock and, and stay out there. So I think both of these defenses can get just enough stops. And I think Michigan can hold on to the ball just long enough uh, to come in under this number. So I'm going to uh, make it official under 63 and a half here. You know, some people will say that you're brave to take it under. And I would say you are very brave to take an under <laughs> in an Ohio State game, yeah. unless it's like under 90 or something. Yeah. Um, that is an interesting pick. I, my yeah, model doesn't do there, totals, there, so I have, I have nothing to chime in other than I'm, I'm like, I'm scared to take any under in Ohio State Yeah, there, there won't be any um, letting the foot off the gas, no matter what the score is here. So right. you're going to have to, you're kind of going to have to. You're going to sweat it the whole time. You are going to be sweating it the whole time because nobody's going to stop. And oh my God, if Michigan is up, and they're, you know, flying on offense. They are definitely not going to let off the no, accelerator. they've got so, yeah. like a decade of, of angst on this one. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Up. Yeah, so um, this is one of those that's going to be tough, but bear with it, me. It will, but <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes the side that nobody wants is the side that has the value. So yeah, uh, we'll see if that plays out for you. I am on Michigan. I know y'all are all shocked at that. Michigan plus seven and a half. It is not a best bet simply because I think making a best bet against Ohio State at this point is just foolish. So no best bets here for me. Just a regular play, Michigan plus seven and a half. I like that I'm getting a touchdown. I could easily see Michigan losing this game by six or seven. The model makes this Ohio State minus four and a half. So I am high. I'm very high on Ohio State. I have the number two. I've had on second or third for a while now. As you mentioned, I've been a little bit higher on Michigan than everybody else. I think people are starting to catch up to me, though. I think everyone mm -hmm. else's ratings are starting to kind of move Michigan up to kind of around where I'm at, realizing that they have been a really good team. And they've made us a ton of money this year. So I don't see any reason to stop at this point. I think there's a sizable edge here when you get to the plus seven and a half. I just think that's too many points. Uh, it, lost in all of the chaos of Ohio State kicking the crap out of Michigan State last week is that Michigan did the same thing. And I know it was to a weaker right. opponent, but Michigan is a good team as well. And they yep. continue to show that week in and week out. So I think if you're sleeping on Michigan at home, getting seven and a half points, Ohio State could do what they did to Michigan State, but I just think that's too many yeah. points here. So I think yep. I think there's value on Michigan getting that many points. The undercard for the Big Ten East, Penn State at Michigan State, a game that potentially would have had implications for the division, but both of these teams kind of got beat up by the two teams we just talked about. Okay. This game is a pick-on. Uh, what's your insight for us here? And I don't. 
I can't pinpoint exactly when it is in the season. I haven't looked at their schedule, but Penn State just kind of seemed like they became broken at some point, and it kind of gone downhill ever since then. I know they had the uh, loss at home to, to Illinois that didn't look good last week against Rutgers. Um, so there's no way I would take Penn State in this game. Um, it, I, I would definitely lean towards Michigan State. No official play because I don't, I don't necessarily trust either of these teams right now, which is saying something because Michigan State was, you know, they are a ride or die there the yeah. first part of the season. And then uh, they died. <laughs> yeah, and then, then they died. So uh, I popped off that bandwagon too. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, no play here. But if I had a lean, it would definitely be towards Michigan State at home. Michigan State came tumbling down my rankings. They were up in the top really? 10. Yeah, they were up in the top 10 for a while, whether there were some other advanced rankings that had them down way, way lower. They're down to 23 now. Wow. Um, two of the last three weeks looking as bad as they did really caught up to them. I think my model was able to look at the one week against Purdue and kind of just say, hey, everyone has a bad week, right? You're never as bad as you look at your worst, but then having two yeah. weeks like that, as much credit as you give to Ohio State, a team that is a top 10 team doesn't lose like that. And so, yeah, they took quite a hit in my ratings. I'm actually on Penn State here. I'm going to take them as a pick -em. The model thinks Penn State should be favored by a point and a half. I think both of these teams are absolutely broken, but yeah. I think that Penn State is the better team. I don't know what's going on with Michigan State, but mm -hmm. I'm going to endorse fading them based off mm -hmm. of Coach gets the new extension and there's some drama around that and some talk about whether it was worth it or not. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for not having proven a lot. Try, try. I did this with my, my father-in-law this weekend. Try to explain to somebody who follows college football, but not closely, that Mel Tucker got a 10-year, $95 million extension. It will, it will take you a while and you will not be able to do it concisely or in a manner that make, makes much sense. I don't, I don't think you can. And this is, if there's <laughs> Michigan State fans listen to this, it's, it's not to say that he won't do well. It's just mind-blowing that you would give that sort of length of a contract yeah. with that much money to someone who doesn't have any track record of success. And again, I hope for them, I hope it's a great extension. It's just... Yeah. It's hard to really justify from a logic standpoint. It seems like we are, and not to derail us too much, but it seems like it's just the era of scared money, yeah. not wanting to lose a good thing and having, it's almost like we saw this like with baseball contracts back, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where these over the hill guys were getting, you know, 10 year, $300 million, $300 million contract, but like the Albert Pools contract was kind of the like, yeah. we've got money, we've got to spend it. We've got to get a star. And it's like, sure, he's probably going to be good for like four years. Why did you give him 10? You know, that yeah. sort of thing. But it was the whole, like, we've got to, we've got to overpay to get these guys. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, if this is the era we're entering, it's going to lead to a lot of weird contracts, I feel like. Yeah. Which I, I don't even know if I should bring this up because I don't want to do else. We can talk about it in another, another podcast <laughs> here, but like there's so many coaching openings and, and with Mullen being fired at Florida, this yeah. is going to be a crazy coaching carousel. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, giving out that much money, but it's kind of like, man, some of these guys that are really in demand, you're going to have to fork over some money because yeah. they're going to have a lot of interest from a lot of different places. And honestly, there's, I don't, me personally, I don't think there's that many 
great coaches for the number of open positions that there are this year. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of really good coaches out there who should get these jobs, but they're not going to. It's just, it's just the way it is. So yeah, it's going to be a crazy offseason. It's, it's a great time to be a, a, an up and coming college football coach because yes. Yes. like you said, there's, and, and again, it's not, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying that Michigan State made a bad decision. I, I, I don't know. We'll find out later. Right. But yeah. it, it's almost like you mentioned, um, there's going to be a lot of money thrown around and schools are going to have to say, do we let this guy go or do we overpay? And neither yeah. one of those are good decisions. It's almost like with, yeah. with, with cities and professional sports teams, they have this whole thing. Should we spend a bunch of money or, you know, and, and subsidize half of this team stadium for a billionaire owner? That doesn't make sense logically, but you're also right. scared that you lose the team. And so the cities are in these right. no-win situations. And I think the yep. universities are in this, this no-win situation, the athletic departments where it's like, you either pay way more than you should, guarantee more money than you should, have these crazy buyouts, right? And do with these crazy things with money, or you just let that guy go and who knows how good the next guy is. And so it's 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 definitely a catch-22 yeah. for, for a lot of them. Anyway, long story short there, I'm fading Michigan State this week. I think after last week um, against Ohio State, I have no idea what to expect from them, but I at least think that Penn State is still playing hard. They did struggle against Rutgers last week early on, but they didn't allow a single point and they did cover actually pretty handily in a mm. game that I thought Rutgers had a decent chance to hang in there and stay competitive and they, uh, Penn State just outclassed them. And so I think yeah. that Penn State, at least coming off of a, a convincing victory, I, I think is the side to be on for this one. Oregon State at Oregon. Oregon is a seven point favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here? So usually in most of these games, like clearly I don't make picks on most of these games, but I can have an angle or I have like an opinion about something. I don't know if I have an opinion on anything about this game, which I think is saying something on one side. I, I want to say that Oregon is the side to be on here because it seems like Oregon state sneaks up on them every season. And you're just like, look, Oregon, you, you are clearly more talented and the better team than Oregon state is. You just have to like, wake up and show up on time for these games and, and you'll win like you should but they just can't seem to do it so part of me is like look you got they have to know that this year they're going to show up they're going to be ready to play on the other side of things it's like okay number one Oregon State they they show up and play great against Oregon every year mm -hmm. and then with the way that Oregon was just put on the mat last week against Utah and completely dashed their playoff hopes that that's really tough to come back from so um you know like i said usually i feel like i have a pretty good angle on something or an opinion but i have no idea on this game anything could happen and, and i would not be surprised yeah oregon did not deserve to be number four in the rankings no. i think that was very clear yep now they're not going to be <laughs> fully yeah. we can avoid that yeah I think they bounce back this week. I'm laying the seven with Oregon. The model thinks it should be Oregon minus eight and a half. My take on this game is that Oregon State, for a while there, we thought might be good. And then it turns out that they actually aren't that good. They're better than usual. Yeah. In fact, I don't remember the last time this wasn't Oregon minus like 28 or something like that. And that's yeah. partially because Oregon, because usually Oregon has been a top five, top 10 team and they might have had some stupid losses in there but they were a team that could go out and score a lot of points on you if you weren't that good and Oregon State's oftentimes been a three and seven three and eight type team entering this game and so it's been Oregon by a bunch and then Oregon State's kind of like you said caught them by surprise yeah this year I don't see that happening because this is going to be one of the better teams that Oregon one of the better Oregon State teams that Oregon has had to face they're coming back home 
they're probably a little bit disappointed from the playoff situation, but being a rival, I think they get up for this game. Yep. And I think they take care of business. So I think Oregon is the right side, especially at seven, knowing that you've got the push protection there in case they do win by a touchdown exactly, since that's such yeah. a common number. Yeah, only people who listen to this podcast will probably care about this. But you want to know what was like an underrated good game this season after kind of seeing how the season played out? Week one, we had uh, Oregon State at Purdue. Like, right. Pretty, right. pretty good game. Like, right. looking back on it, you know, if we if we knew now or knew then what we yes. knew now, I, we definitely, that would have gone. We would have talked more about it. Yeah. 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 But at the time, we didn't. Absolutely. It was like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Army at Liberty, two seven win teams here. Um, this should be an interesting game. Two, two teams that have had pretty good seasons trying to get to that eighth win. Liberty is a three and a half point home favorite. Uh, what's your play for us here? Official play for me here. I'm taking the three and a half points with Army. Number one, a, a, a last effort to back a service academy here before the season wraps up. Uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll back one for for Army or Army problem is, Army Navy game. Problem is but, there if you back one, you do have to fade one. So it kind exactly. of cancels, right. So, it's not, so, it's not yeah, the same. so that yeah. makes it feel different. So anyway, yeah. uh, uh, take an army there. Uh, but also, you know, I faded Liberty uh, a couple of weeks ago against Ole Miss. Didn't know why that number was only uh, Ole Miss only laying nine points there. Um, so the thing with with Liberty is, again, when they've played power five teams, they have struggled or, you know, even like, you know, UAB, they, they got handled pretty well by UAB this year. And then they've beaten up on the, the lower teams that they've played. In my mind, I think army I know athletically they're never going to be in, in the, the same realm as these power five teams, but as far as kind of how effective they can be, I think they're closer to that, you know, Syracuse UAB type team than they are towards some of the other teams that Liberty's really beat up on. So uh, to me, I feel like you're getting good value here crossing three. Uh, so again, a special play for me here. I'm taking the three and a half points with army. So I, I am an actual statistics professor. I teach three to four classes every semester. I, my job is to oftentimes think about how I can explain a concept in multiple ways. It's how can I explain some, I get a lot of not good questions and I have to come back with ways to explain it and soften things, right? I'm going to go right. in the direction here. I'm going to be a little bit more blunt, <laughs> which is unlike my, my, my nine to five here. Liberty right. kicks the crap out of teams that are bad and they struggle with teams that have a pulse. And I just think that's as, as explicit as you can be because you can talk about power five, group of five, whatever. But I yeah. think it's if you have a pulse, a Liberty last week got destroyed by Louisiana, a team mm -hmm. who has a pulse. Army yeah. has a pulse. I think this is pretty straightforward. Take the three and a half with Army. I agree with you. The model has this pegged right on the dot, but this is just me analyzing the situation. Right. I think Army is the right side. So I'm with you. I am taking Army plus three and a half. Another thing, of course, to consider, it's always difficult to prep for the triple option without that extra right. week ahead of time. And Army, of course, is the team of the service academies who can execute the triple option better than anybody else. So yeah, I think that's the right side to be on. Liberty, um, a great team to back when they're playing bad teams because they will destroy them. But in this yep. situation, I think this is a rough matchup for them. So Army plus three and a half for both of us there. Another game you should care about here, UTSA, going for a 12-0 perfect season. Uh, in my backyard here in Denton, Texas, at North Texas, UTSA is an 11 and a half point favorite. I don't know if I should take my victory lap for UTSA now, or, you know, <laughs> does like, does 11 and one, like, does that count as my victory lap or does it need to be 12 and 0? Um, anyway, so this game, if it had been played like a month ago, I would have been all over UTSA. This line also probably uh, isn't what it is now. Uh, North Texas has been playing a lot better. Somehow, I thought 
Seth, Seth Luttrell was for sure getting let go uh, at the end of the season. And somehow, I think if they win this game, they're going to a bowl. Um, so that's what worries well, bowl me. Bowl eligible, Ash, bowl, right? Bowl, you yeah, never yeah, – Okay, yeah, good, yeah. good point. Uh, they're yeah. going to be bowl eligible. They're going to have six wins if, if they win this game. That Against concerns, all odds. <laughs> yeah, and that concerns me because I feel like you're going to get obviously great effort from them. You're going to pull out all the stops. And don't get me wrong, I think UTSA is going to win this game. Uh, but, you know, the past – past few weeks kind of like we talked about UTSA all season they had those really great games and they have some of just kind of like oh, it wasn't that great um and if if you you catch UTSA with eh, not that great with North Texas kind of giving it all they've got uh, I think you could be could be in for a really close game so this is definitely a stay away from me I'm actually thinking the exact same thing you are but enough to back it I'm taking North Texas plus 11 and a half oh wow uh, it's just as you said let's go back to UTSA and how they looked and their sandwich spot between uh, UTEP and UAB. Now you've got a sandwich spot between UAB and the conference title game. It is not to say that they aren't thinking about an undefeated season. It's not to say that the coaches are trying to get them prepped. It is simply a reality of they may come out a little flat. We saw it with Baylor and TCU. It's just the coaches are going to try to get them up as much as possible, but sometimes it doesn't work out well. North Texas is going to give all the effort in the world. I think a lot of the handicapping this week is who's coming out to play. And it's not as simple as who's five and six. That's an easy one to look at. And it's probably going to be right more times than not. But that's something to look at. Some of the the three win teams, you got guys who are just going out there all it's a young team. They're playing for their jobs next year and they're giving everything they've got. Some three win win teams are checking out. Right. Yeah. I think this is a spot where North Texas, it's just, it's, it's, they're going to be playing as hard as possible. UTSA, uh, if they come out flat in the first half, North Texas can hang in with the summer. North Texas has been a covering machine. They've been really disrespected by the line this year. Yeah. Um, so I think it's time to go back to that well again. I think UTSA pulls it out, but I think it's close and scary for them. And so I think getting 11 and a half offers some value. Nevada is a five and a half point favorite at Colorado State. What's your pick for us here? I have watched a, a decent amount of uh, Nevada the past few weeks. I had UNF, UNLV against them, uh, lost that bet. I had Nevada against Air Force, lost that bet. Um, but what I have learned from watching Nevada is I think they're going to crush Colorado State. I don't know why this line is the way it is. Colorado State had a few games earlier this year where they played well, and they've kind of gone off the, the cliff again. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about it a few podcasts ago some terrible coaching decisions have happened um you know so i i don't think very highly of colorado state and i don't think that um the coaches at colorado state have necessarily you know done a lot to instill a lot of confidence in their players where they're going to come out and play really hard you know knowing that the coaches don't necessarily have their back but they're going to make really good game decisions you talked about uh uab punting it on you know fourth and a foot or whatever you know I, I think colorado state has done plenty of things like that to kind of make their players kind of question their coaches a little bit so i think Nevada's going to blow them out here i feel like this is easy uh so official play for me here i'm laying the five and a half points with nevada I am laying the five and a half with Nevada as well. And I'm making this the best bet. I am going under the, you are not as bad as you just looked hypothesis theory, whatever you want to call it. I think they are a much better team than Colorado state. This line should be seven. In my opinion, if it was seven, I think we all kind of say that seems right. Maybe lay it maybe, but it's like a lean at that point. Yeah. But the fact that you can, in the event that this game gets to overtime, you still can win with Nevada minus five and a half. In the event that yeah. it's a one score game, you can still win. In the event that they're up 14 late, you can turn it off and not care because yeah. the backdoor doesn't kill you. 
Yeah. This line makes no sense to me. So I am laying the five and a half with Nevada as well and making it a best bet. Which brings us to the last game you care about. Again, I said I was going to book into these here. The only other one that really matters for this week is Bedlam. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a three and a half point favorite. And I feel like we could talk for hours on this one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this this is not what I want to happen, but I feel like history tells us here Oklahoma State should not be favored almost no matter how good, and don't get me wrong, the past 10 years, it's been a lot of really good Oklahoma teams. Um, but almost no matter how good Oklahoma State is, they should not be favored against Oklahoma. Obviously, like in my mind, I think Oklahoma State is a better team. I think Oklahoma State's defense is just by far the best unit on the field with when these two teams match up that they, that they should be be favored but until they beat Oklahoma until I see it with my own eyes I'm just not going to believe it so official play from me here I'm taking the three and a half I can't believe I'm getting the half as well with Oklahoma and not just the three um, official play from me I'm taking the three and a half points with Oklahoma so <laughs> yeah that says it all Ah, uh, yeah. I don't have an Oklahoma State shirt because why would I? I'm wearing orange because that's the closest I could get. Um, go Pokes. Yeah. Uh, I'm laying the three and a half. I'm wow. sad that this is not two and a half or even three. Or three, yeah. I, I was really hoping, I was really expecting this to be Oklahoma State minus two and a half. I don't quite understand this number from a trying to read the tea leaves week to week and project where the books are going to make a line, which mm -hmm. I can usually get in the ballpark. We talked a couple of this, this today already about a couple that I've been confused about. For the most part, you can kind of peg, you can kind of see what they're doing and how their numbers are going. I just kind of assumed this would be Oklahoma State two and a half and I was ready to lay the two and a half as a best bet. So I'm a little sad it's three and a half. I'll be really interested to see where this number goes. Uh, my model does make it exactly three and a half, but I think that a my model has said to play against Oklahoma State like nine out of the ten games this year, and it's been wrong wow. on like eight yeah. of those nine. Yeah. So I'm just saying they've covered. My model hasn't figured it out. So if I were to make a manual adjustment, which I don't, I don't do for the integrity of the model, but if I were to make a model adjustment here and say based off how much they're missing by, my number in this game would be probably closer to Oklahoma State minus six. Um, I think is where the number should be based off of everything I'm seeing. So I, I like laying the three and a half. I just, I was hoping that there was enough public money from OU, enough big name, you know, here's OU. They always yeah. make the playoff talk that I could get a cheaper number than this. You make an interesting point about the history. And of course, our other co-host Jack is an Oklahoma State alum. I would be really curious to hear, I, I've heard his thoughts on this game over the last decade, I would be curious to hear exactly how broken he is on this game. Right, right. Because I know Oklahoma State fans are, are broken. I yeah. I hope they can get a line change in the fans section, right, in, 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 in the stadium and yeah. get a group that's not broken. I hope that the broken fans yeah. don't spend the money to go to this game because we need them right. to be full of life here. I, I was looking at this, and so I have it pulled up here, um, Oklahoma leads the all-time series 90 to 18 with seven ties. Wow. Wow. I That's even worse than I thought. 
I don't recall any other realistic rivalry that is that one-sided. I, I don't the, know of one. And a lot of the times the games are good. Like Oklahoma State just never wins them. <laughs> right. So you go back in recent history, you have a couple of Oklahoma huge wins. You have uh, three years ago, Oklahoma 48, Oklahoma State 47. The year before that, Oklahoma 62, Oklahoma State 52. The last time Oklahoma State won this game was 2014. That was in Norman. The last time they won this game in Stillwater was when Oklahoma State was ranked number three. That was 2011, and they won 44 to 10. And I believe, if I recall correctly, that game being one where they exercised a lot of demons and yeah. they laid it on OU and they were asking them to keep scoring late in the game just to continue to run it up but because you go back before that and Oklahoma had won seven matchups in a row so the last time that Oklahoma State's Oklahoma State's won twice since the year 2002. Wow Wow. I think some of your comments there just for the people who have been listening to us for a long time now since the beginning of the season I think that was what I said in Nebraska and Illinois the very first game of the season I was like Nebraska like so many things just go wrong for them that they're playing tense and like when one thing goes wrong everything just snowballs and everybody just you know gets really anxious I feel like that's Oklahoma State every time these two teams plays it's just like if one thing goes wrong it's like the sky is falling and that one thing just snowballs and you can't overcome it so that's 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 if, if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, that's my fear as, as a better. It's like it's kind of what I'm counting on here is that, you know, one thing's going to go wrong and Oklahoma is just going to be able to capitalize on it. So my my it's very possible. You're right. And it's very possible that that leads into the coaching staff, because a lot of this coaching staff has been around for a few of these games. Obviously, he's oh, yeah. been there for so many of them. Yeah. The counter to that is a many of these student athletes were only around for, say, two ish of these yeah. games. So they weren't around for the other ones. Now, some of them were fans growing up, but many of them probably weren't because a lot of times if you're a student athlete, some of them go to their dream school, but many of them go to the system they think fits them best, the coach that they connect with, which might not be the school they grew up rooting for. Right. The other um, hope here is that Oklahoma State's defense, as you mentioned, is the best unit on the field, is the best defense they've had that I know of since the eighties, whatever, um, sometime long before I was watching college football. And that, that is the equalizer here that Oklahoma's offense has had real problems with actual defenses. They had a problem with Iowa state last week. They had massive problems with Baylor the week before and Oklahoma state's defense, I think is pretty comparable to Baylor's. Um, I'm hoping that we can get an Oklahoma state win here. Obviously as a Baylor alum, I can then go watch that championship game and, probably cry through it because i'm sure it will be disappointing but yeah. i can already predict that if we get that cousin jared you are going to take the under because i do not see how either one of those teams puts up that many points no these defenses are no i i completely agree that would be perfect for me and yeah. again not to uh, you know make this segment even longer but when's the last time <laughs> oklahoma and oklahoma state played and you could say on either side that the, a defensive unit was the best team on the uh, best unit on the field. Like it has yeah, been like not any time in recent memory. The early aughts, some of those OU defenses were very, very good. I'm thinking yeah. like the Roy Williams defenses. But yeah, that was a long time so ago. So like 20 you're years. Talking, you're talking almost 20 years ago probably. I'm thinking yeah. the like 03, 04, 05 iterations. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a it, long, long time. Absolutely. Yeah, so it should be weird because as I mentioned those scores, you look back at the history of this, it's a lot of like, games with 100 points in them or either near or over 100 right and, and yeah and this game's not, not going to get to 100 no, no not at no all way. not at all um moving on 
You don't have to watch them to make the money. This is where we remind you that everyone are pays the same, even if it's not a sexy matchup. We're going to start off with one that is not sexy at no. all. No. Uh, it's always fun to it's always fun to pick the one of the least sexy matchups. I got I got one later though. That's that's a real doozy. But we're going to start off with one here. <laughs> uh, Saturday morning at eleven a.m. Akron at Toledo. Akron is bad. We talk about that every week. It seems like yeah. Toledo is a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. How are we going to make money on this one, cousin Jerry? Come on, everybody. You knew it was coming. Official play for me here, under 57. Uh, so this is basically, like you said, Akron, uh, not good. They seem to have had like a little little uptick when they let their coach go, and that lasted for about uh, just just enough for us to capitalize it on that for like game. Two, two Tuesdays, I think. It was about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, and then it came crashing back down. And the problem is, is Toledo has the best defense, I think, in the max. So um, I, don't, I don't think that Akron's going to – I would be surprised if Akron scored more than like 10. Uh, Toledo not usually one to get up into the 40s or anything. So I think we could safely come in under 57 here. So that's an official play for me. And I've got the uh, other take on that. I've got Toledo minus 27 and a half. Uh, the model makes it 29 and a half. Akron, I don't think we'll score against Toledo. I think they're going to, I think they're going to get shut out. I, I watched more than I care to admit of Akron Kent State uh, because I backed Akron last week and that was just abysmal. We talked about yeah, Kent State fun. being, yeah, Kent State being not that good and Kent State just destroyed them. And Toledo yeah. is much better than Kent State. They so. were outside the number like early in the second quarter. Early on. Yeah. <laughs> and so again, you can't take one game, doesn't mean everything, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But I think we're just talking about Akron, like you said, showed signs of life for a couple of weeks. I get some of those um, and, and, you know, some of the decent teams in the Mac was able to hang in there, but I, I think that is over. I think they get destroyed this week uh, by Toledo. Texas Tech at Baylor. Baylor is a 14-point home favorite here if Baylor wins their game and Oklahoma State wins Bedlam, then it is uh, Oklahoma State-Baylor for the Big 12 championship game. If Baylor loses, then I think no matter what, we have a rematch of Bedlam the week the week after. So no official play for me here as of yet, but something I have my eye on, the total in this game is 52. And obviously, we've talked about how good Baylor's defense is. If, and sorry, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but if the Baylor quarterback's not back, which that seemed like a pretty significant hamstring injury. I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't even have a PhD like some on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm a doctor, but not the useful kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, right now, the total is at 52. That seems high to me. Um, so that's something I have, have my eye on, not something I like necessarily play before I know, you know, whether the starting quarterback is going to play or not, uh, but just something I'm keeping an eye on. But other than that, I feel like even if Baylor doesn't have their regular starting quarterback, I feel like they still win this game. Yeah, it's uh, a best bet for me. I think uh, my model says Baylor minus 16. I'm laying the 14. If Bohannon's in, I think they are set. If not, the backup looked kind of feisty last week. Yeah. He's got some yeah. life. Uh, yeah. I don't. Th- I think it's a little bit different in what he offers, but that actually kind of plays to Baylor's favor because now Tech doesn't really know what they're game yeah. planning for. So yeah. I think this is a really good spot for Baylor. I think they know they need to go out and take care of business. I think Tech is offensively, I think done for the season. You saw them last week against Oklahoma State, and I, I, I see this being a repeat of last week's game against Oklahoma State, which, by the way, I, I wholeheartedly endorse that under. I think either way, no matter which quarterback is playing, hmm. this feels like last week's game. You know, Tech's got this new coach who's watching from the booth who is a defensive a guy who wants to be a defensive minded coach. So the defense is playing hard. The defense played hard last week and held down Oklahoma State. They might hold down Baylor as well. I don't see Baylor scoring 
you know, 45 points or anything, no matter who's the right. quarterback. Um, but they are a better offense and Tech's defense isn't that good. So they will score some points, but Tech's offense is just useless at this point yeah. against the against the, the best or second best defense in the conference yeah. on well, the best road. I'm going to say, even if they're not useless yet, they could be useless when they face Baylor. Exactly. Back-to-back weeks, this is really tough. So I, I was watching that Tech-Oklahoma State game, and as I was watching, I was like, this is exactly what we're going to see next week. A Baylor offense that might struggle a little bit like Oklahoma State's, but still scores enough to cover and win convincingly um, and tech yeah. not scoring. I, I think the under makes a lot of sense. I think a team total for tech under makes a lot of sense as well. So you, you talked me into a bet last week on the podcast that lost. So are you going to talk <laughs> yeah. me into another bet here on the podcast that's going to be a loser Look, somehow? Each, because I feel like you've one, talked me into it. Each one is its own living, breathing entity, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? I say, screw it. You've talked me into it. I'm locking right. it in right All now. Right. Official right. pick for me. Uh, right. Tech and Baylor under 52. I'm locking that in right now. I think that makes a lot of sense. So you've got the under there, and I've got Baylor minus 14 as a best bet. Like okay. I said, I think this. I think this is a, a Baylor, you know, 31 to three type win where they easily cover the number. Um, okay. And I, I think it stays comfortably uh, under the total as well. All right. Moving on, Miami is a 21 point favorite at the time of this recording. They are minus 120 on that minus. <sighs> 21 at at a duke team that has completely given up i faded duke i think three weeks in a row now it's won all three weeks easily yeah uh, duke uh you know duke giving up like i i like their offense i wouldn't say like giving up but their defense is just like non-existent like i mean i don't even really know if you can give up if you didn't exist um so yeah god i I know people that listen to this probably get tired of me like, oh, I texted the professor about this, but I texted him like 10 minutes before yeah, the uh-huh. Louisville game kicked off. And I'm like, I'm going to regret not taking the over in this game. And the over hit in like the middle of the third quarter. Yeah. So I was all revved up. I was like taking it over in this Duke game. Like if it's like 62, 63, 64, you know, maybe even 65, I'm hitting the over. And it came out as 69. They they finally caught up to how bad Duke's defense is. So, so really no play bad. for heat. Yeah, no play for me here. I wanted to take the over, but they set it really high. Um, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. People, if that's your thing, you're going to love it, uh, but it probably won't be close. So the real action here, listener, is get your side bets in now, over under on number of minutes before this game kicks that Jared texts me and says, I'm going to regret not taking the over in this game. <laughs> yeah. I would say, I'm going to set the over under on about, I think 10. I think 10 is a good, good 10. 10 yeah. Is it usually before 10 minutes for kick or after 10 minutes for kick? I get that text. Um, yeah. I am laying the 21 with Miami. I'm, I'm going to go back to the well here. Uh, this is the third week in a row that my model has made the number basically exactly what the spread was. But my model is, again, just missing how bad Duke's defense right. is. So it's not saying to play Duke, but it's not saying to fade them either. But they, I, I watched Duke. that I just took one game and I was like, they're done. They, they cannot stop yeah. um, anybody. And and their offense is okay. Like you said, they're, they're, they haven't given up, but their offense just isn't that good. So it's yeah. – you know, they, they, they do score some points. They scored whatever it was, 30 against Louisville. Like they, 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 score, they scored. They score enough to where the, the over always hits comfortably. Like they'll give yeah. up like 52, but they're going to score like 20, just like a solid 20 points, yeah. you know, to really just put it out of range. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you see the same sort of thing here. I, I see no reason not to keep trying the same strategy. So I'm, I'm laying it with Miami just because I, I just don't see, I don't see Duke stopping them at all. Yeah. And in the the one you really don't want to watch, I hope it's not even on television. Talking about a team yeah. who's given up Florida International at Southern Miss. Southern Miss 
against all odds is a 10 point favorite which just blows my mind <laughs> well the, the well the model has always been more bullish on southern uh, miss i think mm-hmm. than yep. than what what you really should be here but this yep. this feels right because talking about teams that have quit FA, fiu has quit like they have gone way 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 down they're really really bad um so a lot of times we talk about these um you know, or at least me personally, we talk about these bad teams. And it's like, I had like this perverse joy in talking about the bad teams, like New Mexico State, you know, sign me up, UConn, sign me up. This game, seriously, people do not watch this game. Like, do not, even if you love college football, do not watch. There's a lot of other games to watch. Yes, do not. And we're not saying it like, do not watch this game, like, ha ha ha, but you know, keep it in there. No, do not watch this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Uh, I'm I'm lying to Tim with Southern Miss. Uh, I had you should. I had U, I had UNT last week. I, we talked about this that their cover machine FIU might have given up, and the answer is yes, they have given up. North yes. Texas uh, beat them by forty something points, uh, and North yeah. Texas isn't good enough to beat anybody by by forty something points. Yeah. Uh, so Southern Miss uh, feisty last week had a solid win over Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Not Louisiana Tech's great, but Louisiana Tech's better than Florida National. Uh, Southern yeah. Miss didn't list a quarterback on their depth chart. I didn't see any of that game. So some of you maybe saw that. I don't, does that mean they went in the Wildcat the whole game? I don't know what they're doing, but they're, Southern Miss was, uh, you know, one in nine or whatever entering the game last week. So they're clearly just trying stuff and stuff whatever it is seemed to work last week against a better team so uh, i'm gonna trust that their you know stuff works again against a team that just does not seem to want to be out there i think so miss wins this one and i think this is an ugly win uh, by a not good team against a really really bad team yeah um uh, moving on hawaii at wyoming wyoming is a 10 point favorite what do you have for us here hawaii coming in clutch for us last mm-hmm. week uh, both of us had oh, them on the wild line yeah, yeah yeah so man that was that was easy uh, i think you mentioned it before you know bet on hawaii when they're mm-hmm. they're on the island and then fade them when they're not on the island so it's not an official play for me but man there's no way i'm back in hawaii here <laughs> yeah yeah the model makes this wyoming minus 11 so i see wyoming minus 10 that's it's enough for me to play it simply because yeah. uh, the model isn't considering uh hawaii's struggles away from home this yeah. year so wyoming minus 10 is my pick uh you said the best it's 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 very easy they have really struggled uh, away from home but they do look a yeah. lot better at home uh, last week uh was an issue when they were up 26 in the third quarter and almost blew it uh but did hold on <laughs> for the victory for us yeah. so that was that was clutch uh, a rivalry game back in my old neck of the woods indiana at purdue purdue is a 15 point favorite indiana still can't find a cover can't find a quarterback can't find much of anything these days. Yeah. So my thoughts here are, can Indiana really go like over against the spread? I mean, that seems like where we're headed to, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no, there's no way I can see them covering this line, Indiana. But at the same time, it's like, man, that just feels like a really big accomplishment to not cover any game for the whole season um so that almost makes me want to back indiana just to say i can be part of history but uh no there's there's no way uh, i'm i'm betting on this game and if i do it's it, it would definitely be purdue it's not going to be indiana hey best bet for me purdue minus 15 the model makes this minus 17 go. i've been fading indiana for many many weeks it's been working why get off now interesting yeah. note just to clarify there's something you said something a lot of people think of right remember that at this point if I were to talk about next season, the probability that you pick a team and they go winless against the spread, that's very, very unlikely. But at this point, 
today we aren't asking Indiana to go winless right. against the spread. We're just asking them to go winless against the spread in one game. The other ones right. have already happened, right? So the yeah. probability that they don't cover is whatever the probability they don't cover of this game is. As much right. as it is impressive to do that for the whole season, uh, that's not the task that's in front of them. It's the task that they've already somehow accomplished. And the fact right. that they've accomplished it um, doesn't make it less likely to occur going forward. So I don't see any way that they cover this. I think I don't know if people just don't realize because it's Indiana and, and they had a good year last year. They don't realize the quarterback situation. I, I don't understand it. Um, but it, 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 I guess, I guess and, and I'll try to keep this brief, but when you model leagues, the bad teams tend to be the ones that the models say to play. Like in the NFL for years, that was the joke, right? That the, that, the, you know, us nerds, like I, I am the nerd. I can, I can call myself and my, my people that, right? Us nerds would always say, take the Browns, take the Bengals, take the Jets. And, you know, we'd go three and 35 or whatever adds up to the number of games, right? right. Uh, backing those teams. That's what should have happened here with Indiana. The fact that it hasn't, the fact that my model, right? That the spread's 15. The fact that my model doesn't make this, you know, Purdue minus 10 or something just blows my mind. I'm just, mm. I'm so shocked that it doesn't say that there's value on Indiana. Um, yeah. Like I said, that's, that's why it's a best bet. If, if, if my model had said 15 right on the nose, I would have still played it, but it wouldn't be a best bet. Right. But the fact that even now knowing this, my model says, no, Purdue's still the side. Yeah. It just blows my mind. And is the reason why this is a best bet for me at Purdue minus 15. Mm. Louisiana Monroe at Louisiana. Louisiana is a 21 and a half point favorite. So Louisiana, another team, very, very simple to figure out. If it's a big game, it's going to get their best effort, and they're going to knock it out of the park. I uh, went back and double-checked last week uh, against Liberty. I, I thought they were they were underdog to Liberty. I have yeah. no idea why they were underdog to Liberty there. I should have played that game. But anyway, um, so blew out Liberty. Thankfully it, was a, thankfully, it was a late ad for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here, Louisiana Monroe, it is not a big game. And so I definitely feel like, uh, if I had to be on the side here, I would take the points. But the problem is, is obviously we know if Louisiana cares, they can play great. Um, you know, and I don't want to bet on them not caring, although I guess they do probably have the Sunbelt Championship game this next week. It all makes sense now why this line's so far off from what your model has, though, mm -hmm. because I assume yeah. the books are saying, hey, no reason yeah. for Louisiana to run up the score. They've got the conference championship game next week. Anyway, a long way of saying I'm not touching this game. If Louisiana wants to, they could score a lot of points. I just have no idea if they care to. You. Nope, your analysis is spot on. I'm, I'm laying the 21 and a half. My model makes it 29. If it wasn't for the spot, it would be a best bet, but absolutely, as you outlined, it cannot be a best bet because of that. My model has done really well laying big favorites. When the model has an edge on a big favorite, it has won over 60% of those games. So that's best bet material. But again, this spot, I'm coming off of that. I'm still playing it. I'm still trusting the math, uh, but this is a game that I'm a little bit nervous that Louisiana gets up. 21, 24, 28 in the third quarter, it lets the foot off the gas and Monroe gets a backdoor cover. Right. Um, that said, I'm still laying it because Louisiana is a much better team. They might end up, they might end up ahead 42 at the half, and then it doesn't really matter. And so right. there's enough of those scenarios out there that I think this is still a solid investment, but it's not one of my best because of the spot, especially at 21 and a half. 
Um, obviously you like that. If it comes out of 21, you really start liking it if it's 20 or under, but I just, I don't know where the number is going to go. But if it does end right. up under 20, it becomes a play I really like then because even that spot aside, Louisiana is so good that they should be able to cover that number. Um, so just a regular play for me, Louisiana minus 21 and a half. West Virginia minus 15 at Kansas. Just a reminder, people, right? This is why we're in the section of you don't have to watch me make the money. This is not <laughs> a game that you're going to want to watch. Right, right. <laughs> West Virginia, I believe, looking for a victory to get bowl eligible here on the road in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, so uh, I think I've won on Kansas unders uh, twice this year. So let's go back to the well. Official play for me here under 55. Um, you know, I, 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 I think I said this before and it wasn't necessarily true, but I feel like Kansas is kind of like giving it all they had this year. I think they're going to have some game where they go back just, you know, they look like old Kansas again, you know, they can't, they can't play as well as they've been playing, I think uh, for every game the rest of the season. So um, I, I don't think some of the rate they've been scoring points is sustainable. West Virginia doesn't necessarily play super fast style, style of football here, you know, increasing the possessions or anything. So I feel good about the under 55 here. I, I like your where your head's at there. West Virginia is a low-scoring team. Their offense is a little bit weaker. Their defense is pretty solid, especially for Big 12 standards. Um, I'm playing the 15. The model thinks it should be West Virginia minus 20 and a half. They have a lot to play for, so there's no reason for them to get up and coast and right. um, potentially screw around uh, against a Kansas team that might be feisty. I think, I think this is a little bit more nerve-wracking if Kansas hadn't just almost beaten TCU and just beaten Texas and earlier in the year, almost beat OU. I think it's a little bit mm. scarier of a game if those things hadn't happened because West Virginia is much more likely to just say, Hey, we just got to win to be bowl eligible. We've got this in the bag. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to have to be a little bit more focused. And I think that plays right into our hands here, laying the yep. 15 with West Virginia, because I think they can get up to a nice solid halftime lead and their defense could hold on uh, for an easy cover for us. Notre Dame is a 17 and a half point road favorite at Stanford. Uh, what's your pick for us here? Stanford, woof. They are looking bad, bad. Uh, I think I saw where like Cal put up like 600 something yards, the most uh, yards that Cal's ever put up against any Stanford team uh, wow. in the big game. So yeah, uh, and Cal obviously not known for their offensive prowess. Mm -hmm. uh, of course they did have a two week layoff, but that's neither here nor there. Both um, teams so, did though, yeah. right? Uh, I, I, I can't. Um, so official play for me here, I'm laying the 17 and a half points with, with Notre Dame. I, I really don't feel comfortable laying that many points. Um, not necessarily in this game, but just in general, I don't like laying that many points. Uh, but man, I just think Notre Dame somehow, I think still only has the one loss, right? Like, yeah. I don't think there's any way they're getting in the playoff, but like they might be able to convince themselves in their minds, maybe that there is some crazy way where it could happen. Uh, so obviously they're, they're playing really well right now too. And Stanford is not playing well. So uh, I'm going to lay the 17 and a half points here. Yeah, they're playing really well. They always play hard on these games. They get a lot of kids from California. That's why they go out there every yeah. year, right? So this is a lot of kids yeah. um, going back to where they grew up. Um, mm. They're going to play hard in this game. I'm laying the 17 and a half. Also with Notre Dame, the model thinks it should be 22 and a half. Uh, I've been riding Notre Dame most of the season. Um, it's worked. I don't see why we should stop. It's been the same as uh, yeah. Michigan as well, and that's – also been working so again well, why you know why stop it, it seems as simple as that to me Stanford is not very good right. I've got a five-point differential between what my model says and what the book is uh, providing you so take advantage of that and lay the points with 
Notre Dame. Obviously, people are scared of 17 and a half, but in my opinion, if this number was 19 and a half, I think you still look at it and you say, oh, great, it's under 20 and you're excited. Right. So just right. be excited because Notre Dame wins this game by more than 20. Um, they, they've they been playing really well in Sanford has and it's just, let's keep it that simple. Yeah. Our last game of this segment, BYU at USC, BYU's uh, Pac-12 title, right? We haven't talked about that in weeks, kind of <laughs> yeah. back on the line here, going yeah. on the road to play a USC team who I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. There is rumor that um, Slovis is off to the draft. There's rumors that mm. he's hurt. Who really knows? He was already right. splitting time with the freshman. That was done, I believe, in order to uh, give different looks and to help them succeed. Then all of a sudden he's out and it's on to just the freshman. And my goodness, did they just get waxed by UCLA yeah. uh, this last weekend, which leads him into this game. Before that decision, of course, uh, or injury, whatever it is to Slovis, USC is only a four-win team, but they are four and five. They have three games ahead of them, so easily could still get to a bowl. Lost one of those opportunities that are four and six during this game. I can be BYU here on the road, already at nine wins. It's a seven-point favorite. What's your take for us here? So Jackson Dart, number one, is that the most quarterback quarterback name of all time? It's, number two, it, it, it's definitely a California quarterback name too. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Number two, the most yeah. USC yeah. Oh, quarterback yeah. name. Oh yeah, of, of all sure. time. Um, if, so, if he wasn't, if he wasn't there, it'd have to be Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. A guy who went to it, but but the thing is, he's a Hawaii quarterback, but he played junior college in California. So well, absolutely, still all goes absolutely, California. Absolutely. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> and that may have been the most on-brand comments we've had for this whole podcast. There you go. Um, anyway, so <laughs> look, you talk about quit teams, USC. I, I don't know if I've said that I'm not back in USC the rest of the season, but if I haven't, I'm saying it now. I'm not back in USC the rest of the season. But at the same time, I am a little hesitant after BYU didn't pull through for me against a Sunbelt team last week who fired their coach midseason. I know it was a big number. It was 20 points, but they never were really close to, to covering that number. Um, so I, after last week, they just don't give me this warm, fuzzy feeling. So I uh, even though I feel like BYU is the right side, there's no way I'm, I'm laying points with them after kind of how they left me feeling last week. Yeah, I'll counter that with the BYU-Georgia Southern game was a little wonky. There were some turnovers. Uh, BYU, at the end of the game, was about 10 yards away from a front recover uh, yeah. and yeah. decided to kneel. Yeah, Definitely a look-ahead spot, clearly. Um, that mm, was true. A little bit of an error on our parts in hindsight, not thinking about that was such a big number, but I still think BYU was the last, the right side last week. They really dominated that game. They just didn't get the points. This week, we don't have to worry about that only laying seven. I'm laying seven with BYU. The model only says four and a half, but as I mentioned at the top, the model does not yeah. take into account injuries. It doesn't take into account teams quitting. I don't know what's going on with USC, but that was yeah. ugly. They're, a quarterback they're, game worth 30 points. I mean, that's, yeah. that's more than just the quarterback. They gave up 60-something points, right? I mean, yeah, there there could also be more BYU fans at this game than USC fans. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that'll be interesting as well. Absolutely. I use more differential home field in the NFL than I do in college. If I ever do dive into the differential home field for college, USC is one of the first places that's not going to get the full two and a half right. points. Right. Uh, you're right. It might be more of a 50-50 type game. So not a lot. Yeah. I mean, the home edge of I'm not, I'm not having to travel, but not a yeah. huge home edge there. So yeah, I think the model doesn't know what's happening in this game. Obviously it doesn't have 
the brain that we humans have. So I think the model's off on this one. I'm laying this up with BYU. I think right. there's value here. Uh, moving on to a segment we introduced last week, one that we've been in uh, informally doing all season called Talk Me Out of Clemson, uh, because one of us always plays Clemson, the segment where we discuss and most of the time disagree on the most confusing team of the season. Uh, this happened last week, I believe you faded yep, Clemson. I yep, I was on Wake Forest, yep. And I took Clemson. Yep. And Clemson won that relatively handily. Yes, thank you. This is the yep. second time that I've been on Clemson and you haven't. And, the, and yeah. Clemson, no, third. Was it third? Yeah. the Florida State, well, the Florida State one was a little bit longer. Yeah, let's not, yeah, yes. let's not bring that one up. Clemson is an 11-point favorite at South Carolina. Um, talk, take, talk me out of taking Clemson again. I cannot talk you out of taking Clemson this week oh. because I have been I have been against South mm. Carolina mostly because I have been against South Carolina all season. Uh, it was profitable for me two weeks ago when I took Missouri against the model there. Uh, I, I won that one, and then of course, freaking Auburn game. I mean, <laughs> if you had told me that South Carolina was going to score twenty points, definitely wouldn't have made that bet because I thought South Carolina was going to score like ten or thirteen points. Um, so anyway, but all that being said. I am not very high on South Carolina. I am not going to talk you out of it. So maybe that should be a victory for the model here at the end of the season. We've reached the point where I don't disagree with it on Clemson. So I think it, that's a good job by the model. It took a long time, but we are yeah. finally here. And I'm glad yes. that you're saying that because I'm making this a best bet. Clemson minus 11 okay. Okay. at South Carolina. I think Clemson's figuring it out. I mentioned this last week that four of the previous five weeks I was on the right side with Clemson. One of them, I was luckily on the right side and one of them, I was unluckily on the wrong side. So it kind of balanced out luck-wise there. One last week, again, handily, that makes five of the last six. Clemson's figured it out. I think they are not a top four team like they've been in the past. They still have a great defense. Their offense is now good. It is not great. The previous offenses were great, but their offense has gone from very mediocre to bad to now mm -hmm. mediocre to good um mm -hmm. they're able to run the ball a little bit better so they are yeah. an offense that is serviceable now which is what you could not say about them early on in the season yep. which is all and you really need with that defense all you really need with that defense it's not going to be good enough to win a championship a national championship yeah. you know that sort of thing but it's still going to be a pretty good team i think clemson's pretty good south carolina isn't yeah, this is one of those situations where South Carolina also gets the opportunity to take out some of their frustrations of the season of almost assuredly not making an ACC title game for the first time in yeah. about a hundred years. I think seems that they like, haven't yeah. that they haven't been in and won the ACC. Um, they get to take those frustrations out, and it's not even like we have to lay a number like thirty and hope they really pound them into the ground. We're only having to lay eleven at, as you mentioned, a weak South Carolina team. So I love laying the 11 here with Clemson best bet for yep. me. I have two quick picks. Both of these are standard picks. Appalachian State minus 24 and a half over Georgia Southern. The model makes that minus 27. And Illinois minus six and a half over Northwestern. The model makes that minus nine. I have nothing else to add other than those fall in the kind of sweet spot for the model. So I think those are strong plays there uh, cousin jared i believe you have one more pick so the floor is yours yeah so we've touched on it the we've touched on it a lot during this podcast but the spot you know the spot is the reason why a lot of why a lot of these lines are the way they are this week uh the one that i'm looking at here is houston at yukon under 57 and a half as a play for me um you know we've, we've talked about this season how i, I like playing the the houston unders in mm -hmm. general um 
two things here. Number one, if you put UConn's points scored in this game, like the over-under, like three and a half, I would probably go under um, there. Hey, and, we talked about this against Clemson, and, and they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, and that cost me the cover on Clemson. Yeah. So, well, Okay, <laughs> fingers crossed we don't Fingers get crossed they don't do that. Yeah, um, so, you know, I, I don't think UConn's scoring very many points at all. And Houston, what is – what is this game to Houston, right? All they're cared about is getting through healthy and getting ready for next week when they play Cincinnati. So this could be a situation where they're up 35, nothing at halftime. And then they just put in all the backups and just run the ball every single play there in the second half. So uh, I feel pretty good about the under 57 and a half in the uh, Houston UConn game. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, uh, Houston has no reason to kill them. They will kill yeah. them probably because you, UConn is very bad. They yeah. can name their score. Uh, the question is, are they going to score 50 or 40 or 30? But whatever number right. they decide to score, they will score. But actually, they have no incentive to yeah. score a lot. And UConn is really bad offensively. This is not a good matchup yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, just like they talked about the Clemson game. And, and UConn did not score at all against Clemson offensively. Yeah. I think you're in the same boat here. Bad offense yeah. against a good defense. It's not going to go well for them. Yeah, which which I, I I live in the Houston area, so why this comes up, but like Houston's 11 and one. Like it doesn't seem that, that they're that good. And and honestly, if you look back at that first game of the season against Tech, it's kind of like, whoa, Tech kind of got lucky to to win that one. So um, I Houston got up and was up like 21 nothing, I think, early on in that game. Yeah, it like was that. like 24 seven or something at halftime. Yeah, yeah. And they completely yeah. melted down in the second half. But yeah, Houston uh, playing really well this year. Uh, maybe one of the best teams that we have spent almost no time talking about this season. Absolutely. We have not talked a lot about it. And we talk about a lot of games. We provide a lot yeah. of content here. And we've talked yeah. very, very little. I think the only thing we've talked about with Houston really has been your love affair with their unders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really about it. It's yeah. a good point. Um, we will uh, have more coverage you know, for you next week with the conference championship games, with the bowl games and stuff. But yeah, if, if we do some sort of like season and review thing, that would be a good one to dive into the what if. What if Houston wins that game yeah. and then we're setting up for a, the conference championship game between Houston and Cincinnati, both of them being undefeated? I mean, yeah, be crazy. That would be pretty intense and it's like you said we haven't talked about them we don't think about the fact that we barely missed out on what could have been a really fun uh, title game there for us yeah yeah I will be very interested to see what the model makes that line for that Houston Cincinnati game. hey I can I can tell you right now what it would be okay. assuming as, as if they were to play this week at a neutral site right. Right. Um, it would be about Cincinnati minus 10 is what the model would say yeah, I'm definitely taking the points with Houston. Taking the points for, for sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think that I, I think I would too at plus 10, but yeah. we have to keep in mind if the problem with that is of course Cincinnati being so Jack on Hyde, right? Yeah. If, exactly. If Cincinnati comes out and wins this week, again, East Carolina is not good. Yeah. Uh, but if they do like they should and they win 63 to nothing. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit nervous taking points yeah. against yeah. them. But I'm with Definitely. you. If, if some of Cincinnati's struggles that they had are real, Houston's defense – uh, can definitely keep that close. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know why I say that because SMU is probably like the third or fourth best AAC team and they just got obliterated. So I, I don't I don't know why I so confidently said that I would take 10 points. Yeah. That, that was my initial thought. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's worth something, right? That, that SMU yeah. game, of course, is interesting. We'll have to do a postmortem there as well. Uh, thinking back through what went wrong for a, a team that was supposed to give Cincinnati some trouble. 
yeah. with the way that they matched up and they yeah. didn't give them any trouble whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yep. Well, that wraps us up for another episode of Picks with the Professor. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe or follow if you aren't already. And that way, next week's episode will appear in your feed when it first releases. Next week, we will have conference championship action for you. As always, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.